Yes, we're continuing our series on the Gospel of Luke today, up to chapter 5. And today we're talking about one of the most famous fishing trips in history. Now, is there anyone here who would describe themselves as being a really great, uh, really someone really great at fishing? Oh, someone's being pointed out here. Uh, I know there are a few keen anglers around. Um, I would not describe myself that way. I'm okay, you know, one of those fish farms where they put thousands of fish in a little pond and basically they jump into your hands and you can take a picture, and it's, but it's not really uh, real fishing. But I take comfort from the fact that I don't think Jesus was a much of a natural fisherman either. Uh, he seems to be more of a supernatural fisherman. Um, so, however, he did spend a lot of time with fishermen. In fact, they seem to be some of his favourite people. Um, and in this story, we see that the first serious disciples of Jesus were actually professional fishermen whom he called to leave everything behind and to follow him. So in this case, Simon, Peter, Simon, Peter, it's the same person, uh, James and John. And this is the same story that we find early in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 1. Um, Mark's version might be better, I think, because he actually mentions that Jesus called Andrew that day today. And for some reason, Andrew is one of my favourite of Jesus' disciples. Um, but despite leaving Andrew out of things, Luke does give us some more details and understanding about why the disciples decided to follow Jesus after this encounter. And what happens, of course, is what we've just read. So Jesus is teaching the crowds and he has to commandeer a boat sort of as a pulpit out onto Lake Gennesaret, and so he can keep talking without being overwhelmed by all the people around him. And then he talks to Simon, well, I'm on your boat, How you fish? how's your fish going? And Simon says, well, Master, you should have seen the ones that got away last night. They were that. Um, so they haven't had a lot of success. They've been out all night. They've caught nothing. And so Jesus gives him a tip. If you go out into deeper water, and Simon Peter does that. And of course, as we read, they catch a huge amount of fish immediately. Peter realises something special is going on, so he's very responsive to Jesus. Jesus is going to change his vocation now at that point to come and fish for people with Jesus. So that's the story. Now, with the miracles of Jesus as recorded in the Gospels, it's always good to ask, what's the meaning and purpose of what's being done? Luke is not just putting down random events, and Jesus is not just doing random things. There's usually a reason for the miracle that's related to the meaning of the Gospel and to Jesus' bigger picture. And I think that in this case, the miracle of this fishing, apart from being a recruitment tactic for disciples, it's also what you might call a live-action parable that Jesus is using to challenge and teach people about the kingdom of God. And what does it mean to be part of the kingdom of God and participate in it with Jesus? As we've mentioned before in this sermon series, and probably will again, the kingdom of God in Jesus' teaching in the Gospels, which comes up again and again, it is a description of the fact that God's presence is acting in the world through him. And when people experience God's presence, when they experience his spirit in their lives, that it's an experience of transformation. And that's the kingdom of God. People are healed. They're forgiven. They're set free. And that's what Jesus has come to do. And so as Jesus calls his disciples in this incident down by the lake, he's giving the people a picture. What does it mean to be a disciple of the kingdom of God? And so we, reading the Gospel of Luke, we can understand that for ourselves today. That's why we're reading it. So when we look at a parable of Jesus and we want to decipher it, we need to know what's the context, what's the imagery he's using, what's the underlying theme of this parable that he's giving. 
And to help us with this, in this case, I want us to briefly jump to another gospel, to the gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, where we have a a record of one of Jesus' spoken parables. It's one that's usually called the parable of the net. So in Matthew 13, uh, in verses 47 to 49, he says, Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up onto the shore, and then they sat down and collected the good fish in the baskets and threw the bad away. So I won't talk about what that parable means, but I think we can see that in this parable and in the live-action parable in Luke 5 that we've read, we need to think about what's the imagery being used. What is the net? What is the water? What are the fish? Who are the fishermen? So people can understand what Jesus is saying. And I think the key that this parable of the net in Matthew gives us is that Jesus thinks of this, the net as a symbol that represents the kingdom of God. Okay, So the net for him is the kingdom of God. So what Jesus is saying in this parable is, is that God's spirit and his action in the world, his kingdom, the net, is moving through the world, which is the water, and it's drawing in the lives of people who are the fish and exposing them for what they are. And so that's, the parable of the net is a parable about judgment. But it gives us some of the imagery. And so the live action parable that Jesus does with his first disciples in Luke 5, I think it's slightly different meaning. But I I think the point of this parable is to challenge the people listening to him and the people thinking about following him as to where they will see the kingdom of God actually at work if they follow him. Where will they see it at work? He's challenging their expectations about that. So I wanted to code that parable Uh, that Jesus has acted out for them. So Simon Peter and his friends, they are catching no fish. So Jesus says to them, what you need to do is to go out into a different and deeper patch of water. And when they do go into that water, they find the nets are straining with the weight of all the fish that they catch. And he says, okay, and now you need to go out and fish for people. And so I think the point that I see here is that Jesus is saying essentially that the ways that the people of Judea, God's people at the time, the way they're expecting him to work are not adequate. They're not accurate anymore. You know, these men are professional fishermen. They should know where to find the fish, but they've been trapped by their previous knowledge and experience of where the fish are. So they've been fishing that same part of the lake, I imagine, for a very long time. And perhaps it's been successful in the past, but now they are not catching anything. They're not willing to change from what's happened in the past. And similarly, I think Jesus is, Jesus is implying that the people of God have been fishing in their own little part of the world with the kingdom for a very long time. And they're very good at it. They're religious professionals, but that's not where the fish are biting anymore. That's not where his disciples are going to be. And Jesus is showing them that the kingdom of God is meant to be seen and deployed further out, deeper, And it will catch a lot of people for salvation in the kingdom if they go where Jesus is telling them to go. And so I think the disciples are being called to recognise they need to change their perspective. Go where Jesus tells them to go. That's where God's working. If they do, the net of God's kingdom is going to keep dragging in more and more people. And the disciples recognise this and they say, it's time to leave behind what we were doing and follow him. So can you see the parable that Jesus is acting out in this story for his disciples? It's a parable about change, about transition. 
It's a parable that says those who follow Jesus need to listen and be aware, where is the kingdom of God actually at work? Where are we supposed to drop our nets and where is, God, and where is that going to be? What Jesus is saying to Peter, to Andrew, to James and John, is that the fish that God wants to catch in their time are further out. They're in deeper waters than just Galilee or Jerusalem or even Judea. I think that they got the message because we can expect then what happened in the early church, what we see in the book of Acts, for instance, to happen. They need to go out into the deeper waters, into the Gentile nations around Israel, if they want to see the kingdom of God at work as they follow Jesus. And so I think we can see then this is the, uh, the application then of the parable for the disciples of Jesus throughout history and today. Because I think this parable is something that has had to be relearned in every period of the life of the church, this parable of the kingdom, the net. So we can see, as I said, in Acts, that the early church after Jesus left had to keep struggling with this change in perspective. They were used to the fact that God was going to work among the people of Israel and Judea, centred on Jerusalem. This is where these were God's chosen people. But they needed to remember what Jesus had shown them, that the kingdom was actually going to bring people from all over the world, not just Judea. So they had to go out and spread the good news. Later, and this is always, and the church needed to learn this, later in history in particular, uh, if you go on hundreds and thousands of years, the church has, had to be, has, has always had to be reminded, and it had to be reminded at a particular time, that we weren't just called to fish, to see the kingdom of God within the established Christian nations of the world where everyone was a Christian. That's where God's work is at, is at hand. And we actually, and Christian people had to go out, not just leave the rest of the world as the way it was, to be reminded that the kingdom of God is a global mission. Christians needed to go out into the world to the other places where the fish were biting. Um, and we can see in that's perhaps the genesis of the global mission movement a couple hundred years ago. It was an application of this parable. You need to go into different waters where Jesus is calling you to go. And I think we can perhaps maybe discern a challenge in our own time that this parable brings for churches in Australia, including St Mark's and most other churches, I think, around our community. Um, in Australia, and I think in other Western countries over the last couple of hundred years, Christians got very used to fishing and dropping their nets within a Christian culture where most of people thought of themselves as members of a denomination, understood Christianity in general, even if they didn't actively go to church. And this is where the nets of the church were dropped. Now, I've got to say, more and more, that's something that isn't actually true anymore, and it's been noticeably so within my own lifetime. We don't actually live in a Christian culture anymore, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. And so I think if that's the case, as it is, our challenge today might be to think about, well, what are the deeper waters out there that God is calling us to put the net of the kingdom into? Where is the kingdom of God actually at work? Where does Jesus want us to put our nets down? There are a wide variety of cultures and of groups and of ways of living in the Australian community, and God wants his kingdom to sweep through all of them, not just the ones we're used to. Um, and the disciples of Jesus are called to be part of that. He says to leave behind their old ways and follow him. And we need to ask, are we ready to do that? Uh, I don't know about you, but as we've come into 2022, I found myself in a bit of a strange headspace as we get back into the new normal. Um, 
It's now almost exactly two years ago since I stood up in front of this congregation to talk about the first imminent lockdown that we were going to experience. Um, can you believe that? We thought oh, we might be six weeks. What a long time to be locked down and to experience change. And then things would probably go back to normal. But, of course, no, they haven't. However... Two years later, things are sort of almost the same again in some respects as they were on that day, on the outside at least. We can come out of our houses and spend time um, you know, doing things around the place. We don't wear masks very often. We can carry out most of our usual business. But you know, I find I'm actually very unsure about what the future holds now and what's actually happening. Um, I don't know if the normal things I was doing two years ago, which I know how to do very well, are appropriate for the way things are now and the way that things will be. I don't know if you experience that sort of feeling. It's a bit strange. You may feel the same in your own workplace as you can maybe head back to the office or your school as, as things start up again or in the way your family relates to each other now. I'd like to take time in 2022 then and I'd encourage you to do the same. Let's slow down and actually pay attention to what God is doing around us. Where is there openness to the gospel around us now in this new season? And where can we see the signs of the kingdom in our community? Where do you think Jesus is actually asking us to put out the nets? Where is he leading us? Sometimes, you know, as I said, I'm not a great fisherman, but I imagine that sometimes you actually have to wait a while to see where the fish are biting. You know, you, know, you put your net out or your rod and see if it comes. I hope that if we're willing to follow Jesus, even if it is uncomfortable as Jerome says, um, that our uncertainty and confusion will over time change into joy as we see that his nets are going to be filled with fish again, maybe different fish than we're used to. But the kingdom will be at work. So I'd just like to spend some time praying now as we reflect on that, then we're going to respond um, in another way. So let's pray. We thank you, Lord, that you have showed us that the kingdom of God is at work that you are drawing people in to know you and to experience your life and your love. We pray that you would help us, as the disciples did, to leave behind the things that we have been doing for so long and to go where you tell us to go. We pray in the confusion and uncertainty of a time of change that you would guide us and walk with us and that your spirit would inspire and empower us in new ways. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.